0: This is Flint, and you're listening to G.I. Joe Chronicles.
1: The Logbox Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due
0: Years. to G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. I'm one of your commanders, Pat Sampson, codenamed DJ Christatos. Mm -hmm. And joining me, as always, is my battle buddy in this operation, Gerald Albrecht. Codenamed Death Probe. That is a prescription for danger. It It says it right there in the script. It's right there in the script. You got that Gerald again.
1: Oh, at ease, DJ Christatos. To all the green shirts tuning in for this podcast. I want to welcome you all back to Fort Long We appreciate you tuning in. Talk some of these post 2000 GI Joe comics with us as we chronicle our way through the criminally underrated Devil's Do Run. On this episode of GI Joe Chronicles, DJ Christos and I are going to rotate in another special ops guest on the show for this episode. Our special ops guest is Mr. Jim Meal, code name Jim the Joe Junkie. Welcome to Fort Long Box, Jim. How are we doing? Thanks for having me. No problem, man. Those of you who are listening, which is everybody, because we're not putting this out live and we're not releasing the video. Jim is in a location he calls the pit, and he is completely surrounded. Pat and I can see by his GI Joe vehicles collection. It is impressive.
0: It is definitely. I want to go over there and just touch everything and just that's, ooh, I like,
2: <laughs> that's just one wall. I've got three others.
0: <laughs> <Jim's> got, <laughs> Jim, here's a question that yeah, we have to ask. And and Jason would be sad if we didn't ask this the weasel skull would wanna know how many sky strikers do you have i
2: actually don't have any sky strikers oh, i know could be that is ones. one vehicle that i have not obtained oh, okay. yet okay i have you know. had the price hasn't been right yet
1: <laughs> they um the hasbro labs i think those sky strikers are starting the to ship starting to ship which means yep. i'm going to get one cuz i backed that thing. oh you did you i did
2: yeah. oh. i didn't back the tank or the sky striker because of space <laughs> I
1: understand so <laughs> I understand well cool uh we're happy to have Jim here Jim's a Crusaders club member and a devout listener so those are the some of the best guests to have on people with the passion so uh we get to ask Jim now the first episode question and as most of you guys know who are regular listeners you know he'll be on next episode as well because we record two back to back so next episode we'll get to hear what his three favorite vehicles are but for this episode, Jim, who are your favorite three Joes or Cobras? Uh, you can mix them. doesn't have to be all Joe. It does have to be all Cobra. And then uh, when we come back from that, we'll find out a little bit more about his origin story with G.I. Joe. But let's jump into the figures. Joe's, Cobras, top three. Who do you love?
2: My top three Joe Cobra is Falcon from 1987. Good, Green right. Rock and Roll version two, specifically. I love, he's the one with the two big Gatling guns. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, sure, um, sure. The, the tan. The tan version, okay, with the right. hat, I, yeah, with a hat, nineteen eighty-eight or eighty-nine. Yep, and then uh, Destro version two, the gold head. Gold, oh, yep. yeah, those are I my like three those favorites.
1: Are, those are bold and wonderful choices. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like Falcon, huh, Lieutenant Falcon. Yep, yeah,
2: shotgun, the antenna. That everybody lost.
1: <laughs> That's right. I've mi- I may have mentioned on the show before. I, I know I've at least told Pat. I, I don't know if I did it on a recording, but I I actually cut his shotgun down I've heard yeah. that story
2: on, oh. on the show. Okay, so, yeah. so I
1: did mention it on the show. <laughs> and I'll, I regret yeah. it now, but yeah, I cut it down to make it a saw.
2: <laughs> I obtained one that somebody had painted with brown. <laughs> painted brown. it brown. Just brown. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like all right. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah.
0: Must have like right. been playing in the desert or something with it. And I, just, I don't like, know, hey.
1: but hmm. just brown. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Let's find out now. Jim, how did you come to G.I. Joe? What's your G.I. Joe origin story? Most people either come via the toy, like I did, or via the cartoon, or via the comic book. Is it one of those three or is it something weird? What do you
2: got? The toys and the cartoon were probably the simultaneous around the same time, 83, 84. OK, when I started getting into it and then, of course, collected toys. I came into the comics about eighty eight, eighty nine. That was the first time I bought a Joe comic. And then after it was all over from there,
0: <laughs> do, do you remember what issue you bought?
2: It was issue number. It was the one with Python Patrol issue. Eighty okay. eight. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I didn't actually buy it. My mom bought it and two special missions, twenty one and twenty two we were taking a trip down to Florida and she bought those comics for us, me and my brother to read. And I don't know how many times I read that those three mm. issues on that trip. And I actually, on the way back, I bought a couple more Joe comics at a flea market oh, on the so way back. Good. So good. So yeah. <laughs> yep. She don't know what she, well, she knows now what she created you know, <laughs> <laughs> 30 years later. You know, I got a shed full of toys. And so I
1: yeah. can relate. But, I can relate. Oh, that's yep. great. Awesome. Well, we're happy to have you here. Jim the Joe Junkie, and I think I'll go back to DJ Cristados to get our intelligence report rolling.
0: For this mission, we will be covering G.I. Joe number 38. Publisher was Devil's Due. Cover date of January 2005. Writer was Brandon Jirwa. Penciler is Emiliano Santa Lucia. Colorist is Brent R. Smith. And letterer goes to Dreamer Design. Cover art for this is by Tim Seeley, Andrew Papoy, and Jeremy Roberts. And speaking about the cover, let's go on over to Death Probe to take us through the cover description.
1: Here we go. This cover is simple. It's a zoomed-in shot on a red background, focusing on the face of Cobra Commander as he removes his iconic mirrored mask. A bold cover blurb simply states,
0: unmasked. Back to you, Pat. So, let's find out what you guys think of this cover, and we will start with Jim the Joe Junkie. What's your thoughts on this cover?
2: This isn't one of my favorites, to be quite honest with you. There's not a lot of action, but it definitely does draw your attention straight to the center of that cover. And draws you in. I'm just not a fan of this type of cover. That's just me. <laughs> yeah,
0: understood. Yeah, everybody's got their. But it's know, still it's very
2: well done. Very well done.
0: Jurt, what's your thoughts?
1: I think I like it a little more than Jim. I agree with him but it's not very action packed, but it really reminds me of the Marvel Run and the Unmasked cover there. You know, when we were kids, all we wanted yeah. to know was, you know, what does Destro look like? And what does Snake Eyes look like? And what does Cover Commander look like? And so it kind of made me feel that way again. And then, you know, as you learn the complexities of the story and who's behind the mask, it makes it even more sense. But he's right. It's a low action cover, but I think it's a high intrigue cover. And then just artistically, I like it. I like the red lighting. I think that was a good effect. I think they did a great job of it. I really like those eyes. And I think that's what Jim was saying, how that, the eyes just pull you in. So, yeah, artistically, I think it's really good. And I think it's Intriguing. What about you, Pat?
0: I'm going to agree with you there. It makes me kind of want to read to find out what's going on. And did remind me of those older unmasking or the mask, you know, where they get the face shot. And we're trying to figure out who it is. You know, that one where Snake Eyes is pulling off his mask like that. Interesting. And what really struck me, too, is you said it as well, is the color choices in here. This really made it pop, I think, and having that red gives you that sense of danger or just, I don't know, I want to say angriness, but you know what I mean. It, it gives you that, that fear factor or, or things like that. So really well done, I think, on the color choices for this as well. All right. Well, now that we've kind of got our thoughts done on what we think of this, you know, it is a simple cover, very well drawn, but let's go ahead and find out how many flag points we want to rate this one. And we rate the cover here on a scale of 1 to 10 flag points. 1 meaning you didn't like it at all. And 10 meaning it's perfect and you should make a recruiting poster out of it. We'll go back to Jim.
2: I'm going to give it a 7. Again, it's not my favorite, but it is very, as Jared said, intriguing and definitely draws your Mm -hmm. attention. I say a 7.
0: All right, good start. Jared, what's your thoughts? No, I'm going to bump
1: that up to an 8. I think this is a solid 8 cover. It's an eight. It's it's, it's very it's, <laughs> it's very good, and I think you know we talked about this before. Your level of fandom. I'm trying to remember. We had somebody on before. It might have been Liesl's Gall, mm-hmm. who was a big Cobra Commander fan. Yeah, I think it, I think it was him. Could so be. he might like it to the tune of a nine or maybe even a ten because it's very Cobra Commander oriented. But I like it at an eight. What about you?
0: I am there at an eight as well. Again, it's the color choices on this one that really. I think bumped it up for me on this one. Simple cover, very well drawn. I mean, it's just yeah, those eyes too. The one that you can see and the other one just kind of peeking underneath that shield there. And you're like, oh, really? Are we gonna see Cobra Commander and what's going on? Because if you've been reading the story as well too, you really want to know what's happening with him. Did they really get him to unmask himself or what? So with that, I'm going with an eight as well. All right, well, with the cover out of the way, let's go back to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief.
1: You got it, my friend. And on GI Joe Chronicles, we like to mix things up a bit. So I'm gonna have DJ Cristados pull that randomizer to determine the synopsis point of view. Will I tell it from Joe's point of view or Cobra's point of view. Cristados,
0: pull that lever. It is Joe. All right, then here we go in the eyes of a hero and see the sacrifice within there's no way
2: out for the hero he only lives to fight again our says all not for fortune or fame protect freedom cause we all just want it the same we heroes don't give
1: up alright after the prison break last issue Duke Charlotte, Snake Eyes, and Storm Shadow are on the run from the U.S. government with a little help from our old friends, Cutter, Dana, and Claymore. They are now on their own as a rogue Joe element. Meanwhile, even though Stalker, Lady J, and Lifeline put up a fight, the Dreadnoughts have busted Cobra Commander out of jail with the help of Zanya, who they planted as a mole the entire time. Speaking of moles, turns out the Cobra Commander was never captured. It was Zartan the entire time, and Cobra Commander has been out in the world posing as Zartan. As an aside, something odd is happening in Brazil where a small Joe team discovers a Cobra outpost led by Big Boa. But when they check out the outpost, every member of Cobra, including Big Boa has been slaughtered. Now back to GI Joe. Okay. Now it's time for the highs and lows of this issue. We will start with our guest in round one, Jim, the Joe Junkie, do you have a high or a low? What do you want to talk about in round one?
2: Well, I think we got to talk about Cobra Commander's Zartan trading places. I mean, I've read this issue a couple times. This time, I said, okay, where did they actually train spots? When was it? And I went back. The closest I could find was issue thirty-one. I don't know if you guys went back and looked or not. No, but... we let you do that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, appreciate that. Yeah, I know. Great. Jim was looking at that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Best I could find was issue thirty-one. When they met on Cobra Island, but I'm gonna talk. Okay, when did that happen? Because that means mm-hmm. that Hawk and Zartan fought, not Hawk and Cobra Commander. So it goes quite a ways back to yeah. what that was. You know, a lot happened with Zartan as Cobra Commander. I thought that was that was a huge reveal.
1: You yeah, know, that is interesting because I guess that means Hawk is now on a wheelchair because of Zartan. Zartan.
2: Yes, Ooh, man. man. If you, if you go back and look at some of the other. Is- previous issues too, you can pick up little hints of Core Commander as Zartan acting a little bit different than what Zartan would.
1: Mm-hmm. And just just mm-hmm. we talked little, little,
2: about that. Yeah. Little little things that remember Pat, you and I were talking about when yeah. Zandar showed up like yep. <laughs> we were like, yep. didn't you guys like fight to the death or something?
1: Yeah. <laughs> At some it, point.
2: Yeah. Huh. The way he was uh yeah. talking with Dr. Mindbender about stuff, mm-hmm. just kind of pulling information.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Yeah.
2: And Pat, you've
1: been asking about Zartan and his full face mask get up.
0: You
2: yeah. Know, the I remember, yeah. We thought was, it was because he was ill. Yeah. Yep. Now we know why. We know. Yep. Yep. Because around issue where we're fighting Serpentor, he didn't have that mask, did he?
1: I don't oh, think. Well, you know, I'd have to go back. I and... don't think he did. I'm going to take Jim's word for it. He's been
0: going yeah. back and doing the homework.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't go that far back, but I don't remember when I read it, he was healed from it, but.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought, oh, you know, he yeah. he got the nano to help him heal yep. and it was all taken care of. And then, so, yeah, yeah. this yeah. was a very well laid out plan on yeah. this, you know, for this to come through and hit you like that. And it took me a little bit when I was reading it to like, go back and go, wait a minute, are they changing clothes or is he just putting on a different one? But I'm like, wait a minute, that's not, you know, the clothes he had on, he was actually, you know changing out and i'm like oh man yeah that's and gonna that, be my only complaint on this Pat
1: is i think the execution of that was way too subtle like they needed to make a bigger deal out of that story wise and art wise like i had to go back over those panels like you're saying several times ago now does what i think happened happen here yeah that's what you i know was i wish they had done it a,
2: a, a lot more bold because it was i think it was done way too subtly. i've read these at, you know, like i said a couple times and i actually went to yojo.com to make sure i was understanding <laughs> it correctly you know, their, their synopsis to make okay, yeah, it did happen. So,
1: I just wish that they had done more with that reveal. Yeah. like at some point, he should have said, ha ha ha, suckers, I've been Cobra Commander the whole time, you know. But then, it, like, they did it real yep. subtle, and you have to really follow the okay, who's putting on what shirt and what's who's, you know, yep. and yeah, that's my only complaint yep. was the execution of that really great reveal. Yeah. The
2: artist did all the heavy lifting on that one, on that
1: series, yes. on that. And we had our, it's a guest artist. It's a first-time artist. So Santa Lucia yeah. had a lot to do and probably not a lot of time to do it, which probably, even if he had it do over again, he probably would have made the reveal a little more bold. But speaking of the artists, I think that Santa Lucia did a great job.
0: Uh, it's one of my notes, too, as and well. It, as the it's your turn to talk, well. Pat, so roll with it. All right. Well, then let's go ahead and go into it. Uh, looking at the art. I really enjoyed this one as I thought the artwork was good. The coloring also helps it along the way too. And with, there's some good action that's happening. I think you could understand the story that's being laid out here in front of you. It was just that one part that I wasn't really sure on. And maybe could be some of the word bubbles too were covering it up. I think on that particular page, if you go back and look at it, where he's like either putting on the shirt, taking off the shirt, whatever he's doing. There's a big word bubble there that's kind of covering that up. So it made it a little bit even harder for me to understand what was happening.
1: Yeah, that is a writer's error. The writer needs to understand their panel count. The writer needs to understand their word count. How much real estate is going to be taken by the letterer. I mean, basically you have this amazing reveal that is essentially done in one, two, three, four, five, six panels crammed in there with dialogue. Yeah. This one really needed an extra page at that moment
0: yeah or it were just a nice splash page of, yeah, something like that. you can still keep him in the shadow, so I mean, we really did get to see the commander. you just saw his you know kind of shadowy face, but still very well done in the artwork, I would say, I yeah, really, San you know.
1: Lucia didn't miss a beat, like
0: Sealy's been
1: turning in a plus work, and then clearly mm-hmm. they had to bring him in. I noticed they missed a month in their production schedule right around this time. I think he went from November to January or. Something like that. There was a month skipped on the okay. cover date. So I'm like, oh, they're playing catch up. And I think the San Lucia guy did an amazing job. I would like to highlight probably my favorite page is when Stalker electrocutes Xandar. It's really yeah. high energy, no pun intended. It really looks great. San Lucia does action really well. There's a lot mm-hmm. of movement and a lot of energy. There's, there's when Lady J is fighting Xania, Hoop Pat, you know? Kudos to us because as soon as we saw that girl in the previous issue, was, yeah. we
0: were like, that's
1: gotta be either Baroness, uh yeah, <laughs> or
0: Zanya. It's yeah.
1: gotta be one of those
0: three. Yeah, I was like, Oh, I knew something was up with that, Dr. Edmonds. And <laughs> like, something's not right with it. Like
1: right right out of the cartoon. Anytime you see a female character yep. you've never
0: seen <laughs>
2: before, you're like, That's what I was gonna say.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, you going like, to fight. They yep. didn't get him into a swimsuit yet or something. You know, I was waiting. Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, on the cartoon, they always had Baroness but running around in a swimsuit. Or <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> oh, anyways, let's bring it back to Jim. Jim, what else you got? What you got here for
2: round two? Something that uh, you may have touched on in previous issues and shows, but Devil's do always did a good job bringing in some of the lesser known, obscure characters. This issue had a few. You know, they used them in different aspects. You know, Lifeline Cutter was brought in as just a place to go and rest or hide. Rampart Hardball, Big Boa, who unfortunately was only limp in a chair for one <laughs> panel. <laughs> they used him like in the earlier.
1: Remember that pet? Or was it, it, they brought it him in to like torture somebody, I think?
2: It was when uh Rock and Roll, Mutt, yeah, Bazooka were oh, going to that, and, met in that bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Able to use those obscure characters in ways that, you you could tell it was written by a fan. Not yes. just a writer, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they had Glenda, who was an uh, Argentinian character or figure during this time. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're they're digging deep for some <laughs> of these. They're so. just winking and nodding <laughs> at the collectors left and right yep, here. Yep. So they they always did a good job
1: at that. I wholeheartedly agree. I think it's a great point, Jim. It was neat to see those, especially. I have a special place in my heart. I've always liked Hardball. I always thought he was cool. I always thought he kind of got screwed a little bit in with the movie because like he came out with jinx who was in the movie (laughs) and tunnel rat who was in the movie and then there was like this basketball the big lob i was like what (laughs) who the hell is that why is it not hardball they traded one sports guy for another they did i really (laughs) and i always liked his outfit i don't know i just it was just in that magical collection era of figures for me again i've mentioned a thousand shows i came in through the figures so I relate almost all of this two figure, and I just really liked this figure. But it was cool to see him. And interesting, interesting. And Pat, as we move the round over to you, I want to lead you into something here. I, was, I think it was last issue, possibly two issues ago, we had the random murder of Action Man, right? Yes, yes, we And do. now we have like the random murder of Big Bo. I'm wondering if these two things are connected.
0: I don't know, you know what that's what I, I have in my notes is like what's happening in Brazil? Jim's nodding with a sly smile on his face, so he probably knows more than we do about okay.
1: what's what's coming
0: so I'm wondering what's happening to the stuff going on? Is it coil yet that around or is there something I'm wondering
1: if this isn't the seeds for the big bads that end up finishing this run yeah,
2: yeah. It, it is it is when this run was going, the big bads that are coming were not really that popular in the United States. Mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. just say that. <laughs> we will leave it at that for
1: our listeners who are reading okay. along with us. I kind of know where he's going with this. I have a vague memory because I know we're getting near the end of the run. Yep. So I kind of know who the big bads are that closed the run out. Although I do need to freshen on the details, but it's, yeah. I'm starting to think, yeah, the action man's death, big bow is death. Something's going on. Yep. They're starting to build towards that ending. Interesting that they several issues out there planting seeds.
0: Yeah, I wonder, you know, did they know the ending was coming soon? I, I guess I don't know that, what was happening, or was that just, you know, another story arc that they were trying to get through and building the seats to, so.
1: We should definitely see if we can't get Josh back on the show to kind of tell us, you know, why did you stop it? Because, I mean, did Devil's dues Joe Run didn't stop here. They did America's Elite after this, which was also awesome. Mm-hmm. I would just wonder if, it, I gotta feel like Hasbro had a hand in it, like we want you to wrap this up, end it, and then they pitched them a new idea, and they went, "Okay, you can." <laughs> yeah, something, yeah. you know, maybe the license had to end at this certain time. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? Anyway, Pat, uh, it's your turn.
0: Well, I want to talk about some uh, character moments that I thought were really good. Uh, you know, Storm Shadow and Duke working together—very cool moments. Two action guys just having fun. Is like, I'll bet you twenty dollars you can. <laughs> like, come on, man! You know
1: he can make that. You know, again, I'm gonna talking during your turn, Pat, but I gotta say that Devils Do did more for Duke than Marvel ever did. And Marvel, he was just yeah. sort of that goody two shoes field leader, and I never really liked him because he replaced Stalker as the field leader, and I always liked mm-hmm. Stalker better than Duke. But Devils Do, when they took advantage of that seven year hiatus and said basically he's been doing black ops, he's not as squeaky clean as you think he is.
2: <laughs> you know, mm-hmm.
1: really elevated the character a little bit. Yeah. Jim, you, like you
2: have thoughts on that? And we'll go back to you, Pat. On my notes as one of mine was the interaction between Duke and Storm Shadow with the uh, I can, you can't make that. And uh yeah, <laughs> that's one of mine. I better save it f- the money for bail. That was joking around <laughs> while they're in the middle of a battle. It was
1: It is neat to see Storm Shadow show off marksmanship because I think of him more as a ninja than anything and then Snake Eyes as a commando, but sure. I you, yeah. I remember I had to remember. Yeah. Oh yeah, Tommy's a soldier. He was yeah. in Vietnam. Yeah, he was in there with him. So, yeah, he knows what he's doing, knows his way around a weapon. I don't know if any uh, anybody I know could shoot <laughs> thin <laughs> cables like that. While the car's going, and who knows how fast. Yeah. In fact, I saw a really good series on Netflix. I want to say it was called Hollywood Weapons or something like that. And it was an actual Navy SEAL guy who would take famous Hollywood movie moments and see if they're really possible to okay. do. And he kind did of like one on. Kind of yeah, movie. it was like Mythbusters, but with big action movies. Done, he did so one okay. on Good, Bad and the Ugly. It would get hung. Someone would get hung. And then Clint Eastwood would shoot the rope. Right. And they were like, mm-hmm. is that possible? Spoiler alert. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> Even when you hit the rope, because the way ropes are designed, it, it would just, I would say it would split it
0: knock it or something
1: Uh, anyway we're got we've gotten far afield here pat it was your turn
0: (laughs) going back to character moments i love seeing cutter too i was like oh cutter that's pretty cool and um, jim had brought you know brought up the all these extra guys that come into play again and that we get to see so i thought that was very well done just the kind of you know sprinkling of character moments in this one as well uh and you know also on the cobra side too
1: I'll keep that ball rolling and give some props to Lady J who fought a good fight Mm -hmm. uh, as the position was getting overwhelmed by dreadnoughts and then had the good sense to uh, pull a John McClain and climb into the (laughs) ventilation ducts. I liked a little drawing of a little feet (laughs) (laughs) to fight another day. So I thought those were, were very, very cool. And of course we're getting more and more interested in what's going on with general Ray. We got a little bit more from him. Yeah, I'm certain we'll talk more about him in the next issue.
0: What do you think of Stalker's outfit? He's got I, that like shieldy helmet and, and I'm like
1: mm. yeah, the shield mask was a, an odd choice. I, I feel like it made it harder on the artist than it needed to. It's not really something he does. I was just happy to see Stalker in action. So I guess I
0: yeah, but I was like, is that Stalker? Is that not Stalker? They say he's named Stalker, but it you know it didn't look like Stalker.
2: I'm not real versed in this time frame of for action figures but i almost wonder if that was the, his current action figure yeah. and that's why they had to put him in there like that i, was I not wasn't getting, sure
0: either so i, I, I think don't so
2: have, actually because i'm big on the action <laughs> figures and i don't think there's one that comes with that mask. like i said the 2000 to 2005 i'm not real up on that those action figures but I, I have wondering. almost all of them
1: okay I don't remember that but but this would not be the first time Jim you might be onto something that Hasbro might have Designed one and then said, Okay, we'll use it in the comics and then pulled back from the design. Yeah. We've seen things in the comics I mean, have changed, could be. Yeah. you know, because they were yeah. early design. So that is a definite possibility. But Stalker was being awesome. And that made me,
0: yeah, he was, it was cool what he was doing. I'm just like, Man, it, that outfit is just wasn't doing it for me. All right, that is the end of our official
1: rounds, but if we have some notes left that we need to get off our chest, we can do that, and I will start with our guest, Jim. Do you have anything you really want to discuss for this issue before we move on?
2: No, I think we hit all my points, actually. Pat, I know you got more on your note cards, your index
0: card over there. (laughs) I just have um, one more that I want to give a thought out to is what Scarlett said when she confronted snake eyes and storm shadow kind of out there. And you, you got to give it to storm shadow for trying to make amends with snake eyes. And then, you know, Scarlet saying, you know, Hey, you guys are going back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like, yeah, we've seen this back and forth, back and forth. She's like, either you guys just say, you're going to be the way it's going to be. And if it changes, then, you know, that happens then call it quits, but just get, you got to love each other. You know, the bros got to love each other. Yeah.
1: I like a, happy and harmonious relationship between snake eyes and Tommy. Yeah. Uh, but I also love nothing
0: more than to watch them fight. Each other. <laughs> so that,
1: that is the difficulty.
0: Yeah. But, you know, it's just, just like you and Jason fight all the time, you know, but in the end you still walk away, you know, brothers.
1: I just want to go on record to say that Jason, and I have never been in a physical altercation in our lives. <laughs> never once. I can't say the same thing about
2: my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> You had an older brother, younger brother, Jim? I'm the oldest, and I've got two younger Okay, how far brothers. apart? My next youngest is a year and a half, so okay. we were pretty close in age. Okay. And we that's were, why, because Jason yeah. and I are five years apart. I have to remind everybody that, like, a 15-year-old beating on a 10-year-old is ridiculous,
1: you know, so that's why we never really fought <laughs> yeah.
2: when were, We were close enough that we, uh, there was several times when mom and dad came home, we were cleaning the living room up because of... Wrestling (laughs) was going on in the house, fistfights and brouhahas. Yes,
0: but see, you came together, teamwork. Get that house clean before things got done.
2: You've never seen us clean so fast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One other thing is, what's happening with Destro? You know, what is he? He was on
1: top of the world, wasn't he? Yeah,
0: yeah, he's on top of the world. He's got some stuff going on and coming about, but you know, I'm like, where are we going with this one? And you know, it we see in the next issue, but. Good cliffhanging on with Destro.
1: Yeah, there's very little Destro in this one. He basically just has Wraith kind of keeping an eye on things, right?
0: Yeah, we find out where he actually, Wraith actually goes into and gets some information, which I thought was interesting as well, too. I'm like, oh, what is he doing there? And then, oh, okay, now I get it. More to come. More. Okay, with all
1: that chatter out of the way, let's hand it back to DJ Cristados for the IG's report on the combat readiness of this issue.
0: And for those of you who don't speak military, that means we're going to score this issue story on the same one to 10 flagpoint scale we used earlier. So Jim, the Joe junkie on a scale of one to 10 flagpoints, how many are you willing to send in for this issue?
2: I'm giving this one a nine because of all the stuff we've talked about. They've wrapped up some old storylines they're ramping up new ones. It really kept me intrigued. It was to the point where i got about two-thirds of the way through and i'm like is this a double-sized issue there was so much stuff going it on. was it was the cover didn't grab me but the storyline is is really good
0: i really liked it very good i would definitely agree with you that when i was reading this story, I'm like wow this does seem like it's a little extended issue going on here and did enjoy it so it wasn't like i was you know going wow this thing's too long it was really meaty on what was happening and i am going to give it you know I was at an eight, but I think I'm going to be with Jim at a nine with with us talking about this and understanding now that some of the stuff that was being laid down for what's to come more. So I am super more intrigued to find out what's going on. Jer, where are you at? I'm trying
1: to remember the lyrics that rap song. So what you want, nine? Remember nine, that the rap song for... I'll put it in. I'll put it in. I idea. do not. <laughs> I'll put in a limited amount of audio so we don't all get flat. <laughs> oh, that's the song I would use for everybody. <laughs> nine. Uh, the song that only I remember. It's all Must right. The, the listeners have heard it.
0: Nine. It's all nines. Okay. Yep. It's all nines. All nines around. Nine. Very good. All right. Well, now that we got the scoring out of the way, let's go ahead and give out some awards. Now is the time where we hand out awards for either a Silver Star Medal or Silver Snake for either Gallantry in Action or Sneaky snaky 2. This is where we each get to award the character in this issue who went above and beyond the call of duty or was very super sneaky snakiness. Jim, who is your Silver Star or do you have a Silver Snake?
2: I'm actually going to give my silver star to Storm Shadow for coming okay. in when the Duke and Snake Eyes needed help, putting aside his grudges, all the struggles he's been going through. Because you remember he, after he fought with Snake Eyes yeah, he, he just in the early away. 20s, he walked away. He was said, "I'm done for a while." He picked up the weapons and came and helped Snake Eyes when he needed him. So put all that aside to help. So giving my silver star to Storm Shadow.
0: Not a bad choice, Jared. Who you choose?
1: I'm going to give a silver snake to Cobra commander
0: Oh, took mine.
1: for a classic Cobra commander. Yeah. I tricked you all type, type of thing, you know? So I don't know why my Cobra commander sounds like a thirties gangster, but he does. And uh, yeah, I love it.
0: Yeah. I agree with you too. It, my silver snake goes to Cobra commander in this one because I was duped. Uh, like Jim, I was thinking, okay, where did they switch in this thing? How far back did this go? And then I was thinking, oh, yeah, I remember too asking why Zartan was wearing that mask. I wanted to know. And uh, of course.
1: And I kept being like, oh, he's sick. He's he's yeah. on the what? end. <laughs> Little did I know. Little did I know. I, I honestly didn't remember. So yeah. I, I got duped.
0: I was duped. Yep. Okay. So they duped me. So you, you got to get a sneaky, sneaky dude with that. I mean, All right, well, with that out of the way, let's hand it back to Jarrett for his segment called Death Probe's Toy Chest. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection, each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro.
1: Thank you, Pat. In this particular version of Death Probe's Toy Chest, I will take something or someone featured from this issue and give you a brief toy history on it for this issue I've selected, Lifeline. He is a rescue trooper. His name is Edwin Steen. He is from Seattle, Washington. His specialty is medic and just medic. His description is a red jumpsuit with white highlights and white boots. It's got the word rescue down one of his pant legs. His accessories included a silver handgun, a silver backpack, a white medical case, and a black air mask. He was first released in 1986 as part of Series 5 and discontinued in 1988. There are currently nine versions of Lifeline out there. And here's the weird part. Even though I mentioned earlier that his name is Edwin Steen, for some reason, the 2002 and 2004 versions, his name is Greg Scott. Can't explain it. (laughs) Then he went back to being Edwin Steen again after that. So what? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Let's do it around the room on the Lifeline, the action figure.
2: Pat, did you have him? I did not have a lifeline. Suck. Jim. I I did not have one back in the day. I have one now, but not back when 86. You don't suck. Only Pat does.
0: Um, <laughs>
2: well, maybe
0: maybe someone could throw me a lifeline. Oh <laughs> in more ways than one, you know.
1: You know, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I feel like I'm in the same boat as Jim. I'm not so sure I had this when I was a kid. I have him now. I think they made a tiger force version of lifeline which was pretty
0: awesome too. Yeah, too. by yeah. the
1: way i think i might have him too but no i i think i acquired him later on like but it's a cool looking figure
0: yeah i was gonna say definitely very sharp looking figure with that red stands out and being a medic that's carrying a gun
1: yeah i was always worried he came with a gun i was, I was like oh man the medic's packing some heat
0: yeah very different from you know the you know when we saw doc earlier on so now you get yeah i always liked doc so you
1: got doc yeah. and lifeline now working together
0: I you know i always feel like from the comics and some of the cartoon lifeline was more of the actiony guy doc was the more the elder statesman that he would just kind of mm. you know sit around and help people at what he could do but lifeline's the action
2: the lifeline from the comics is a lot different than the one from the cartoon in the cartoon he was a pacifist there was a little bit of that in the comics, but he still was was not afraid to help and shoot yeah. when he needed to. Yeah, Mix it up a little. <laughs> there was not a hint of that in the cartoon. He would go out of his way not to help. <laughs> this lifeline
1: will shoot you, but then it'll patch you up.
0: Yeah. Right, yeah. Huh?
2: yeah.
1: Uh, all right. Well, that has been this episode's Death Probe's Toy Chest. Tune in next episode to find out who or what we will talk about. Hint, it's over
0: Jim's left shoulder. Next up is our feedback segment called Combat Comms. Call it GI Go get Breaker. He can do it. As always, we want to start off Combat Comms with a roster of our battle-hardened Crusaders Club veterans. These are the fine folks who have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy early access to special long box video episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. So, these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show.
1: And Helica like Wolf, Ow! Oberon Elvis, Blast It or Stash It, Braxton Underwood, Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins, code name Battlewagon.
0: Ezra Gallo. Gary Viola.
1: Gene hendrix
0: Gerald Green. Jason Keene. Jason Lady. Jeremy L.
1: Jim Jarman. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. I hope you like Jim Jarman too. Jim Meal. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Thomas. John Watson. Josh Strickland. Candace Ward. Kathy Bright, Mark Ross, a.k.a. Club Trent,
2: Maxwell Traver, Miranda W., B.E.B. Devens, a.k.a. Profit Director Devens, Paul Hicks, Rick, Jeff and Rick present, Rob Morgan, Ryan Daly, Samantha Maney,
1: Sean Urbanski, Spidey67, Spreadsheet, Steve Cronin, Tim Price,
2: Tony Pennington,
0: and the Toronto Cop. If we missed anyone on our list, we do apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well. I mean, like you want your steak done well in advance of release. So if you are a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, don't worry about it. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email at contact@longboxcrusade.com, and we'll get it all straightened out. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? It's very simple. You just got to head on over to Patreon.com and search for longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club member. How much access, Jared? How much would you think? 80%, 80% tops. Really? You think that much? 60%. <laughs> no, Jared. It's all the access. (laughs)
1: That's
0: that's too much to take. Exactly. You see, your mind can't handle that to have all that access. So that's why I want to invite you to come and check it out. Now let's get into messages from our platoon of loyal listeners we have waiting for us on our Breakers ComSat. Communications officer, code name breaker. These are from episode 35 that feature Jared, me, and Jason. Sure. you want to read the first one?
1: Sure, it's from our good friend of the show, GI Gary, and Gary says Orsted discussing Destro's future infant's headgear is the content that I crave. hashtag Listening hashtag YoJo. So glad that Orsted can bring happiness into your life, well, and yeah. uh, I think he's gonna continue to do so.
0: <laughs> yeah, Orsted's awesome. <laughs> he is. He's like
1: <laughs> he's got the right words at like the right time. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. Orsted, man love that guy
0: <laughs> that's all he talks is love you know yeah. that's, that's... I'm, he'd probably stop by later on and give his thoughts on this issue we could yeah we'll see but you know he comes and goes when he wants because he's just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's a free spirit <laughs> yep so we leave the doors unlocked around here just comes and he goes i'll take the next one from tim price and tim says why is deadshot finding snake eyes and it was the wraith cover mm-hmm.
1: that cover was the face-to-face Wraith and Snake Eyes did look like Deadshot. It did. It did. 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 And then we've got Kathy Bright who says, I'm listening to this episode and then she posted a picture of someone just completely relaxed in the purple fog. She's definitely an Orsted reference. Mm -hmm. And so Rob Morgan asked, are y'all doing AMSR now? And uh, I officially titled it Orsted's AMSR Authentic, Mystical, Serene Relaxation. Mm -hmm. I mean, hey guys, it's <laughs> Source dead and I'm just glad you guys are getting some peace out of my appearances on the show.
0: I think it really it helps me. Really the happy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just, I'm glad I can bring that balance back to, you know, the battle. Yeah, yeah.
1: all this violence, you know, you need to wind down, man. You know, you should probably listen to the show with a nice, cold... Spring water from, like, mountains of Colorado, man. Mm -hmm. Or maybe from Fiji. Yeah. Yeah. Fiji water. Fiji water. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) so, (laughs) you know what? Speaking of Orsted, Pat. Yeah. I'm certain people could call in with questions for Orsted if they wanted to. How would they do that?
0: Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. If you wanted to send in a question for Orsted or for even us to answer, you could do that by leaving us a voice message at 707 532 5269. That number again is 707 532 L Box. Like, pick up the phone, man, or don't, you know, whatever. Just let your mind call us mentally, man, and just reach out and just, yeah you know, if you reach put your feelings someone, in the universe, I'll find them. Yeah, you, you give out the love. Love is just going to get to where needs. And, and you know what? In return, you'll
1: get the love, too. Mm-hmm. Wise words from Orsted. Don't go too far, Orsted, because we do have a send-in question. And I think it is for Orsted. So let's give that a listen.
2: Hi, this is longtime listener, Albert Elvis. And
0: I have a question I would like to ask Orsted. Um, I have this friend who really, really likes uh, Spider-Man. And my friend has these other friends who talk about Spider-Man all the time. And and for the most part, it's great. But there are some times when they're a little hard on Spider-Man, and it really, really bothers my friend. So what advice do you have for my friend
2: when those other friends are not being very complimentary to Spider-Man? Thanks, Orsted. Yo, Joe.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I, I hear what your friend is saying, or you know, but it's okay to have some differences, you know? It's like some people like Spider-Man, some people don't, you know? It's, yeah, man. Like, you, know? you gotta have yin and yang.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, you have just yin. And what's that? That's like a white dot. Yang? Like a black dot. need the two together man like i think your friends all still love spider-man like if you're hard on somebody and you don't like them you just want them better
0: you know yeah exactly you know you know you want to you know find the good in everything that you can around you and just you know appreciate that the conversations these people are having Yeah, and And they're talking about your friend your good friend's friend importantly
1: like these guys are having this conversation and providing them to you. So, like, you should increase your Patreon amount, man.
0: Yeah, you should support them in any way you can. You know, it's yeah. it's not all about the money, but yeah, it's about the a, money. <laughs> yeah. Just, just think of the love you could spread, and the joy you would bring to them, yeah. just by increasing your 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 amount. <laughs>
1: (laughs) No, it's not really about the money, man. I was making jokes, but like, yeah, everybody's got different opinions, and that's okay, man. And I think the fact that you love Spider-Man unconditionally is super cool, man. And I think everybody's got love for Spider-Man. Maybe not as much as you, but that's awesome. It's awesome.
0: But, but you know, I want to know why you do. You know, you talk about the Spider-Man, but you know, there's some good people out there. You know, why don't you talk about some Joe? Or even, you know, even some Cobra, or you know, you talk about my bro, you know, Destro.
1: <laughs> you know, he's a good guy, he dresses he well. He can't stick to a wall and he can't spin a web of any
0: size, but he's still pretty good to me, man. Yeah, he's got some good points, you know. He's he's an all right guy, yeah. Hopefully, this has been
1: helpful, probably not though. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, uh, <laughs> hope you got all the answers you needed there <laughs> for help. us. It's There's got
0: to be a gem in there somewhere.
1: Yeah, we, we need more people to call it and let us be morons at 707 532 5269 But hey, luckily that's going to bring us to mission complete status for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles The Devil's Do Years. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV movies, serials, and more, Check out the entire Longbox Crusade network. DJ Cristados, where can they find that?
0: Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and uh, most of all the podcatchers out there, or go to www.longboxcrusade.com. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared.
1: Awesome, awesome. If you'd like to chat with us personally
0: online, we can be found at, back to you, Pat. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. I can be reached on the Twitter at Christatos one Jared? I am
1: at Yard Sale Artist Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. Jim, if people want to chat with you and ask you about your experience on the show, maybe you could lie
2: and say it was good. uh, Where can people find you? Uh, You can find me on Facebook, uh, Jim Meal, J-I-M-M-I-E-L. That's it he's simple. keeping it simple man i love it
0: Jim. Um, you know jim keeps it real man he's just like i don't need to be all over these socials i just oh, need man. to you know just come see me on the book of face you and know? people will find me man yeah. people Will find me, and i gotta say
1: i sorry to interrupt orsted i gotta say jim is a is a great dude on facebook talking gi mm-hmm. joe man if you just want to get in that passion he's he's a great guy to chat joe with Thanks for joining us for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles of Devil's Two Years. We will see you on the battlefield next episode when we cover issue number 39 The Union of the Snake. It's part four. Oh, four. <laughs> Until then, Platoon Fallout. Yo, Jojo. The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at 99. That's Joseflin99. That's J O S E F L I N99. You will not regret it.